Empty Episode 4. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Wayne Fleet BIC Church. You have found the youth edition of our podcast and we're glad you've tuned in today, whether you are um, a young person or young at heart, a parent, or just looking to connect with us. We're glad you're here. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host and I'm joined by our youth pastor, Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to be back again uh, for our kind of like episode four but final part of our empty series yeah this summer um pastor wes is uh getting together with the youth throughout the summer doing special events and get togethers connecting with them and on the podcast we're doing some teaching episodes so we're wrapping up our empty series yeah it's really exciting and glad to be able to kind of wrap it up but it's um yeah i thought it's been a great series just focusing on the emptiness that we feel and kind of going through the story around the death of Jesus and the people around that and how mm-hmm. through their emptiness we can kind of learn through that yeah um so like last week we're doing this hook book look took thing again sure so we're gonna start with a hook and I'm gonna hook everyone back in again okay um so we spent three weeks following the stories of people who kind of played a part in the execution of Jesus hopefully um you've been able to listen to those and kind of see and hear how each of these people um were trying to satisfy an emptiness in their lives but they looked for the wrong things mm-hmm. um like our theme um and how ver- how um colossians 2 8 warns they fell captive to philosophy empty deceit and human traditions according to the elemental spirits of the world and not to christ mm-hmm. see the pharisees in our in our first episode um, look to their philosophy and behavior and perfectionism, and this left them feeling empty. Mm-hmm. Judas, in our episode two, looked for money and greed, mm-hmm. but he found it led to empty deceit and still more emptiness. Pilate looked for the approval of the crowd, but approval from the world didn't bring him fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And the great irony is that these people who were seeking to fill an emptiness in their lives brought face-to-face with the one person in the world who could actually fill them, and that was Jesus. Yeah. Yet they were too preoccupied with their own traditions, greed, or popularity to see him for who he really was. Instead of seeing Jesus as an answer, they saw him as a problem. Mm, yep. I find in our world today, so many people do the same thing. Yeah. Like we don't see Jesus as an answer. They see Jesus as a problem. They see Christianity as this issue, this problem, this yeah, like it's going to stop me from doing what I really want to do. It's going to stop me from having fun or it's going to yeah, but what, take away the control of my life. I think. But what it really is, I find yeah. being a Christian kind of gives you more control. Yeah. Like I, I think everybody can attest who is part of the youth group. We still have lots of fun. We still have oh, yeah. times where we can enjoy and be in community. And I find Jesus, you live your life very different from the rest of the world, but it's not like all the joy is sucked out of it which no. the world thinks but rather we it's just so much different and it's i, I hate to say it because it sounds prestigious but it's just it's better yeah and yeah <laughs> um <laughs> there's no other way to put it it's just it's a i the way of living is different and it's filled with grace and love and filled with more love than living in the world mm-hmm. and um but we'll we'll get back to kind of bringing everyone in and the last part before we look at the book look at the scripture is how the pharisees they decide to get rid of jesus mm-hmm. 
they paid Judas to betray Jesus and let him, um, and how Judas led them to him. Then they delivered Jesus to Pilate, who ordered his execution on the cross. Now Jesus was brutally beaten and then nailed to the cross where he hung and died. The body was buried in a borrowed tomb. A large stone was rolled in front and soldiers were posted outside as guards. For three days, Jesus' body lay dead in the tomb. His followers were left in darkness, feeling empty. It was in this darkness that we read of a woman who made her way to Jesus' tomb to properly prepare his body for burial. Mm-hmm. That's where we jump into the book. So John 20, verses uh, 1 and 2, read this. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon and Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Now this entire series that we're doing has seen people seeking fulfillment but finding emptiness. Now mm-hmm. we have Mary who has sought a full tomb but found an empty one. Yeah. And it seems that Mary might know a thing or two about emptiness. Because Mary um, had once been full of demons, and the Bible tells us that Jesus had cast out seven demons from Mary. Mm-hmm. Now, we aren't, able, we aren't given the details of how or why she came to be possessed. Maybe she, too, was seeking fulfillment in the wrong ways and places and ended up under demonic power. Maybe it was out of her own control, maybe, um, not a result of her choice at all. But Mary must have known what it felt like to be empty. Yeah. Well, most people do at some point I in their lives. I believe everyone yeah has this feeling of emptiness at some point Mm -hmm. in their lives um and this leads um when luke recounts the story he noted that mary was not alone on her way to the tomb but she went um with at least two other women Mm -hmm. um and as they walked they probably uh mourned the loss of their friend and uh reeled from the bear from the brutal way he was executed yeah Maybe they felt apprehensive about the state in which um, they would find his mutilated body. Maybe they drummed up the courage and strength to be able to keep walking forward, even though they knew a horrific sight was awaiting them. We don't know if they cried as they walked or if they moved in stunned silence. Did they share memories of the times of Jesus? Did they speak of their confusion at his loss? Were they angry with the people responsible for his death? Yeah, I find women especially are, are, I think, a bit better at doing this, at like leaning on each other or coming together um, in times of grief. I feel like as guys, it's you struggle in this a little bit because I feel like it's not complete opposite. We're able no. to lean on each other, but it's a much different leaning. Yeah. Um, you guys might go like shoot some hoops to burn off some you steam, do whereas something. women would, you know, pass me the Kleenex and cry together. You, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, guys kind of do something. Like, sometimes we're able to talk about it, but sometimes we just, you kind of have to sit there and just kind of, just kind of let it breathe over you, Yeah, I find. Um, yeah, but when they finally made it to the tomb mm-hmm. and they found that it was empty, they ran back to tell the disciples, then Peter and John ran to the tomb to see for themselves. And of the three women, at least Mary went back to, the disciples went into the tomb and they saw that it was empty and then went away dumbfounded, but Mary stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so why did she stay? And did she know that there was more going on? Was she still hoping or was it because she was hurting? Mm. Maybe she found herself once again searching for fulfillment she had only found in Jesus. And we all know 
All we know is that she stayed. Mm -hmm. This is John 20, verse 11 to 13. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she went, she stopped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Mm. John uh, 20, verses 14 to 16 say, Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Um, supposing um, him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, um, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned um, and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. Um, I don't know what that means in Aramaic. Um, rabbi, doesn't it mean rabbi? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I believe so. I'm just, I'm not sure of Aramaic. Like rabbi teacher. That's I think what I think what it she, says. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it means. I just, for some reason, I don't know. I don't know Aramaic too well. Yeah, that's okay. Not that I think anyone knows Aramaic <laughs> too well. Um, but I'm going to get there one day. Um, but no, this is, um, in scripture, we see how even though Jesus can sometimes be staying right in front of us, yeah. people that have known Jesus, who have traveled with him, who have ate dinner with him, now are can't even recognize him well do you think part of it too is that like so if she turned around and he's like he's been restored he's in white he's looking like much vibrant. different than what she would have seen like the what, last time him. she saw him he was dangling from a cross with a crown of thorns on his head bleeding bloodied bruised um probably not looking a whole lot like himself yeah and probably she was not expecting that no not at all and i think this is a great example of something that's very present in our own lives is that a lot of times we can see jesus but we do not recognize him yeah we see jesus working in our lives and in our heart but we do not recognize it we'd rather think it's something else yeah and i just want us to try and imagine this roller coaster of emotions and sadness on the way to the tomb confusion at the empty tomb Frustration trying to get the disciples to believe her. Sad all over again being at the tomb. Straight terror upon seeing angels and then unimaginable joy when she suddenly is face to face with the living Jesus after he'd be death. Mm -hmm. That's like, we had a Canada's Wonderland trip. There ain't no roller coaster compared to that. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting that at first Mary didn't recognize Jesus. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was because, like we said, um, it's the last person she really thought to see or maybe unrecognizable because the last time she saw him he was it, yeah, looked broken yeah. um, and Jesus said Mary's name that is when she recognized him instantly Yeah, it was the same man who said her name after releasing her from demonic power he was the one who had fixed her soul and filled her emptiness it was Jesus who had been who had beaten death, mm-hmm. and it's also it's also worth pointing out at first that Mary mistook Jesus as a gardener. Mm-hmm. John included this important detail because it changes our perspective of the setting. It's no longer a graveyard; it's a garden. Ah, oh, that's interesting. At the mention of garden, 
John's original readers would probably have been reminded of the Garden of Eden. Hmm. The paradise where Adam and Eve, the first humans, once dwelled with God, they had a unique and perfect relationship with our, with the Creator. They were complete. They were whole. But then they disobeyed God as a punishment, and death entered the human picture, and they had to leave the Garden of Eden. A rift had been created between humanity and God. Adam and Eve turned a garden into a graveyard. The Garden of Eden is where our problem of emptiness began. Sin creates a hole in our soul, um, it's reason for it's the reason we have that longing feeling for more, the desire for a creator, but because of our sin and rebellion, there's a rift between us and God. Sin puts us in a graveyard, but we're looking for a garden. Mm-hmm. So John communicated all of this by pointing out how Mary mistook Jesus. For a gardener. Interesting. Isn't that kind of crazy how it like crazy. there's certain writings back then? Which just one word made everyone realize something else. Yeah. Where to us, we have no idea what sometimes what they're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating in some of these ways. It's so contextual. Like I find that when you read the Bible and um, learn it, you have to like put it in context. Mm-hmm. Always. Hermeneutics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And being able to understand the historical context of what the author would have been writing to the people reading this makes it all the difference mm-hmm. yeah. makes you understand the story story even better and that's why we want to encourage anyone who's listening to anything any scripture verse we say go and look at it for yourself and be like i see where you were going with this or be like no i disagree i think it's this yeah that is an amazing thing as a pastor to be able to see people doing and i want to encourage people to be able to go and do that yeah and i i had heard that you should always always read a couple of verses before and a couple of verses after Absolutely. the whole chapter if you have time depending how long it is but just to get you know a bigger picture yeah so jesus's sacrifice that's where we are but jesus's sacrifice repairs the damage done in the garden and humans have a habit of turning gardens into graves mm-hmm. but jesus can turn graves into gardens mary had come feeling empty and seeking a full tomb. She left finding an empty tomb and being made full. And Jesus appeared to her. She ran back to tell the other disciples that Jesus defeated death and that she had seen their Lord. Mm-hmm. And this is um, the took part of our lesson. This is what I want us to be able to take in. Next, we read that the disciples had gathered and locked doors, afraid the people who killed Jesus would come for them next. Mm. And soon Jesus appeared right in the room with them. Which, of course, freaked everybody out. Like, all of a sudden, he's just there. I can only imagine Jesus kind of enjoyed that a little bit. I like to say (laughs) God has humor because there's certain things that happen. Like, where you're just like, or you read scripture, and you're just like, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. I see what, yeah. Um, And after everyone had calmed down and Jesus had stopped probably laughing, he showed them the marks in his hands and decided to prove that it was really him. Mm -hmm. John 20, uh, verses 21 to 23 say, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive if you've forgiven the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Mm. Jesus breathed on them, which might seem very strange. But this is what God did in the garden. He breathed life into Adam and Eve. Here Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He filled them. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus' death and resurrection repairs us, and now the Holy Spirit fills, fills us. We no longer have to experience emptiness because the presence of God is in us. We are made full. See, if we struggle, or maybe if you're listening, if you struggle with emptiness, know that God offers us a solution. If life feels lonely, know that God wants a relationship with you. If you struggle with that gnawing sensation that there must be more, know that Jesus has provided more. Mm -hmm. We can only be fixed, we can only be made full by our relationship with him. And this comes by giving our sins and your life over to Jesus and allowing God's spirit to fill you. Mm -hmm. See, God um, has gone to great lengths um, to be with you and to fix our emptiness. He provided a solution for all of the sins to leave, um, that leave us feeling empty through the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. He provides us a full life now, an eternal life after death. And you may be wondering why. Mm-hmm. Because God loves us. He wants us to take your grave. He wants to take um, our grave and make it empty. He, he wants to fill us up. He wants to make sure that we are full in this relationship with him. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's a good, ma- that's a good message for, yeah. And we just have to kind of get out of the way sometimes and so- just let God fill us and not to uh, try and put something else in his place. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest thing that we have is giving up that control to let God really fill us up. Yeah. To let him in. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things is just being able to let God breathe into our lives yeah it's like being teachable or coachable you know to just yeah allow ourselves to to let it happen the way god wants it to yeah awesome thank you pastor wes thank you it's good um if you'd like to get in touch with pastor wes to learn about any upcoming youth events you can check our calendar online waynefleetbic.info or email um wes at wes at waynefleetbic.com and he can send you all of the youth events for the rest of the summer and tell you more about our youth program if you'd like to know or if you're interested if you're an adult and you're like oh i really love this and i'd love to volunteer he is always looking for willing hands so you can shoot him a quick email and he'll get back to you and um, if you'd like to get in touch with me my email address is julie at waynefleetbic.com so thank you for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you again next week Have a great week. Bye.